So Deion Sanders is completely revitalizing the roster in Boulder, and yet Vegas and the odds makers aren't buying into it just yet. Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with our media rights free and beloved Conference of Champions. Like, comment, subscribe, please, and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show, which today is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college. And when you enter promo code locked on college, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. We can't talk about Colorado on the show without my man Kevin Borba. He is the host of Locked On Buffs. Kevin, three and a half the win total for Colorado. Tie for the lowest number, according to our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook in the Pac-12, tied with Stanford. Are the buffs just being undervalued here in your view, or do you think that's about right? Yeah, I feel like the number is fair considering we don't know what they're going to look like. Um, if I was a gambling man, which residing in California, I'm technically not. Um, I personally would bet the over. Um, I think they have winnable games um, just looking at their schedule. Um, I know a lot of people are really excited about this TCU team. Um, don't know why they're 23 and a half point favorites. Um, that seems a little much, but Nebraska, I feel like is winnable. Colorado State should be winnable. Arizona State, Stanford. Um, even Arizona, um, maybe Washington State. So right there that I'm rattling off a few games. And so a few games that they could win. So I think realistically, three and a half feels like the safe number. Um, I don't think you want to put them at six and a half because then everybody's going to start taking the under. I don't think you want to put them at five and a half. Same thing, because I think three and a half is the safest bet for the powers that be over at FanDuel. But realistically, the Buffs should win at least, I've been saying five to six games. So with all the roster turnover that that Coach Prime has introduced this offseason, Shudor Sanders, Travis Hunter, go down the list of, I don't know, 35 to 40 or 78 on 100, I don't know, however many guys he's brought in over there. Like, it's a completely different team from what they were a season ago. Why do you think that the odds makers are looking at them and saying, yeah, we're going to put their win total at three and a half, which is about what it was a season ago, by the way? Yeah, I think they're just like, like I said, it's kind of a safe thing to do. I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe try to update it later on um, the closer it gets to the season. I don't know if they're allowed to do that, but realistically, they're bringing in, and you have to consider this 1-11 roster last year was arguably one of the worst college football teams I've ever seen. Um, they they're up there. They made Kansas look really good, um, those Kansas teams from a few <laughs> years ago. And so I feel like with all of these new players, they should at least be somewhat better. Um I, yeah, I mean, look at those odds right there, right right below Stanford. Um, I cover both those programs, so based off the odds, I'm only going to see about about <laughs> eight wins total, <laughs> maybe six wins total. <laughs> um, not ideal for someone who, I guess, is looking to be entertained. But in terms of Colorado, like you said, they bring in so much more talent. I, I really don't know why the odds makers are doing them that dirty. I've had all the guests I've had on my show have said that they think the over is very much in play. So I don't know what the odds makers know, but you always know 
that they have some insider info, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Vegas knows. And those of you watching on YouTube can see the graphic that uh, I've got up. This won't be the last time we refer to it this week or in the coming weeks on the show. So Colorado and Stanford with the lowest projected win totals or expected win totals, I guess uh, I, I should say at three and a half wins. You've got Cal and Arizona at four and a half, Arizona State at four and a half, Washington State at six and a half, and then the, the six teams that are kind of seen as contenders at eight and a half. And, and above here. So w- when I look at Colorado, I, I don't think that their three and a half is being, you know, set in the same light that Stanford's three and a half is being set. And what I mean by that is Colorado's schedule is really, really hard. They do not have, I mean, there are not that many schools in the country. There are two Pac-12 schools that I can think of off the top of my head. And I think it's just two, uh, Colorado and Utah, ironically, the other mountain school out there that have two power five opponents on their non-conference schedule. And I I'm with you that it's a big number week one against TCU at 23 and a half points. I think that's indicative of how Vegas feels uh, about the bus going into the season. It's going to be a fascinating game to watch regardless. But I think if you took Stanford schedule and you gave it to Colorado, I think that that win total would go most likely up to four and a half because Stanford's non-conference is Notre Dame, of course, they're always in there. And then they have Sacramento State and they have uh, Hawaii, I believe, is the other team that that they've got in there. I think if you gave that to Colorado, you'd see the win total probably at four and a half where you have Arizona and, and Cal at this point in time. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. And I, I will be in Hawaii week one for Stanford, obviously for work reasons. Um <laughs> Where work calls, I must go, you know. Um, duty, no. duty calls. You, yeah. you have to do what you have to do in this industry, I, Kevin. I, I you do, really I, do. I got to make the sacrifices. It's hard. I know. Somebody has to. I know. Um, but yeah, I think that's a great point. I think if you gave them that schedule, they'd probably rattle off a few more wins. Um, I think, honestly, and this is probably not the best thing to say about the odds makers and powers that be. Um, don't worry. I won't say anything crazy. I saw I saw the eyes twitch a little. I just feel like it's an educated guess. I honestly, because nobody could really, we don't oh, we don't know the depth chart. We don't know what these guys are going to look like when they play together. We've never seen Shadur Sanders behind this offensive line. Um, they're projected to land the top running back in the transfer portal. Um, they have some really good wide receivers. Defensively, they're getting a lot of bodies. I don't know if they're going to be good, but on offense, they should at least be able to keep up with other offenses. I think it'll be determined on to be on defense, and that's what worries me um, and the rest of the Colorado fans that aren't predicting national championships. Um, but the offense is, should be solid. Um, so I think it's like an educated guess. Um, it feels like the safe choice if at three and a half, I feel like. So I, I, I push back on that, and, okay. and I will, because I have never known odds makers and sports books of any kind to make an educated guess. Now they're, they, they whiff. Well, it but, has to be though. Cause we've never seen this team play to we, I couldn't even give you a depth chart if I wanted to, cause I don't but, know. But, they, but they, they have an idea of right. the, the caliber of players who have been brought in, what they were dealing with before. Like they didn't generate that number. You know, I, I don't think if you went to any given, like computers are obviously a huge, a, a huge part of this mm-hmm. as, as well. And if you went to any odds maker, in in las vegas i don't think they'd necessarily be able to give you a two deep on every single college football team in the country right off the top of their head i I think there are metrics that that go into it and look vegas does and i'm sure there'll be people who are outraged at this three and a half win total and such uh being right there with stanford who i expect to be the worst team in the conference this year if if you look at that and say well how could how could you possibly know i i think with colorado you, you still have to have 
that level of almost anonymity, right? I, I think that's kind of what, what you're getting at. But what, what I'm getting at, Kevin, is that I don't think that Vegas goes out there and, and just guesses. Well, right? Right. I'm not saying they're like just winging it, but I feel like that's the you don't want to go too high because obviously Vegas is all about uh, the odds makers are all about keeping their money and taking ours. Right. Correct. But you don't want to put the odds at, you know what, they, do they have the number one transfer portal class in the country? Yes. Do they have a lot of foreign former five stars? Yes. Do they have a lot of talent coming in? Yes. Okay. Let's put the, the odd total or the win total, excuse me, at six and a half because that would make them, they'd have to win seven games. And so I think most common betters would probably take the under on that. Everybody would hammer the under. Exactly. And so I think they're trying to put it into a situation where obviously they want to make money. And right now, I think the easiest way to make money for them is kind well, of be, they're, you know, a little safe. Little when safe. they set these numbers, they're trying to get 50% of the money on one side and 50% on the yeah. other so that it's balanced. And then I House Edge. I think 70-30 though. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And House Edge gives them their, uh, their their payout there. But Vegas has made whiffs before. It like it, It's happened, right? I, I'm a I'm an NFL fan and my, my team's the Seahawks. And last year they're over under win total. I thought they'd be a four or five win team, maybe one of the worst in the NFL. They end up going nine and eight. I think their win total in Vegas was four and a half. And they, of course, ended up winning nine games. So it it has been known to happen. But I, I, I want to I don't go ahead. talk too much about Vegas. I just don't want loan sharks to be your uh, pit boss rich or someone <laughs> to come up to my front door and like break my kneecaps or something. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to get in the wrong the wrong situations there in uh, Las Vegas. We're we're in the right one here, talking about this. And Kevin and I are going to discuss what what it would take for Colorado to go over, what it would take for uh, Colorado to go under three and a half wins, and which one we kind of think is is more likely there. And we'll dive into uh, the schedule as well. But we need to dive into bird dogs as well because there are these wonderfully comfortable, versatile shorts that you can just wear all summer long. You can wear them in the water. You can wear them just out and about you could wear them on a, a sunny day on the golf course whatever you are looking for bird dogs is going to give you that they're stretchy fabric make your legs look great they're really really comfortable and they're stylish too so go get your next order go to birddogs.com slash locked on college and when you enter promo code locked on college they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs yeti style tumbler with every single order and again you can wear these literally all summer long if it's hot if it's cooling down a bit i don't know where you are summer wise if uh, it's cooling down a bit but bird dogs has got everything that you need so go to birddogs.com slash locked on college enter promo code locked on college and get that free custom bird dogs yeti style tumbler with every single order all right kevin so we, we touched on this but i want to dive into uh, the schedule here for colorado and why i think their win total is lower because if you're talking about just total composite talent on 24 7 colorado is greater than stanford right i i, I don't think anybody's really questioning that yep. you know with uh, the inability for the cardinal to go into the portal and the way the recruiting's been the last couple of years it's been okay but it hasn't been uh, stellar for sure so the, the schedule for Colorado with the win total of, of three and a half. They go at TCU, Nebraska, and Colorado State each of the next two weeks. I don't think they win at TCU, even though, you know, it's 23 and a half, a lot of points. Yeah, it's TCU. You know, I thought they'd be kind of like a seven, eight win team. Vegas has got their over under at seven and a half. So maybe I got a future set in lines. I don't know. I'm just, you know, throwing it out there and whatnot. Yeah. Um, not, uh, not, not bad for me there. But the Nebraska game is interesting because I think that's kind of be the most indicative factor 
as to whether Colorado could actually go over three and a half wins. But then their conference schedule, it starts in about as brutal a fashion as possible. And you go at Oregon to Autzen Stadium for your first ever Pac-12 game with Deion Sanders at the helm. Then you host USC. At least you get the Trojans at home. But those are going to be two of the top three or four teams in the conference who have college football playoff aspirations this year. So I, I really think that that beginning, when you look at it and say Nebraska with Matt Rule, who's a great college football coach from what we've seen so far, when that's your most winnable power five game and you've got four of them in there, I think that's factoring into that, that three and a half win total is they could get off to a really slow start. Yeah. I think the hard part when you look at their schedule too, is worst case scenario, they start the season. Like this is like, epitome of worst case scenario they start the season off 0 and three like that's just the sky is falling in boulder already um i think obviously Can you imagine what what the media world would be like it's gonna be if, crazy if, either way i talked about it on yesterday's episode on my show with uh cbs sports's shehan j raja and we were kind of like joking around if we're like we were like if colorado beats tcu week one they're automatically going to be a top 25 team yep the media is instantly going to be like all in on colorado and then obviously if they play Nebraska and beat them again, they're just going to continue to ascend up the ranks. And it's like, we, this is like the most like take a week by week team I've ever seen because they go <laughs> own three and the sky could be falling and it could just be a tough experience diving into Oregon and then USC, or they could start off three and oh, and all the buzz is there. And then they lose, let's say two straight. Um, I think that Arizona state game is winnable um, despite how good they're getting. Um, but yeah, the schedule doesn't really give them any breaks. You know, they have, I would say the the closest thing to a break is probably going at Arizona State, then against Stanford. But after that, the schedule's again not very friendly with in terms of teams they have to host and then who they have to travel to. So tough way to start the Coach Prime era. And I think it'll be interesting to see how they deal with adversity. Um, is the buzz and is the swagger still there when they lose a couple straight? Twenty four seven Sports, by the way, ranked this schedule as the toughest in the Pac twelve. So a bit of a rude introduction for Coach Prime yeah. at the helm in year one. That's you know the bad news, and I think the schedule is mostly bad news for for the Buffs as as we've been discussing. But you know the good news, you do get to host Nebraska, mm -hmm. you get to host Oregon State, and you get to host USC. Those figure to be three good football teams. Nebraska probably. The, the worst of the three. I'll be honest, I'm not super in touch with uh, Cornhuskers football, so I don't know what they've been doing in the portal and seven, such. I just, seven and a half point favorites. So that, that's going to be a close one. Seven and a half. So they're expecting that to be a, a much more competitive game. It's still a sizable number considering the game is being played in Boulder, but it's not exactly TCU uh, at 23 and a half points there. But I, I think the opportunity for Colorado to show something is after their first two conference games. Oregon, USC, probably going to be losses there. But yeah. then Arizona State, yeah, Arizona State on the road and then against Stanford, ASU's win total is four and a half. Uh, I'll, I'll put these back up on YouTube for a sec. So they're not expecting odds makers very much of Arizona State. I'm not expecting that much of Arizona State. And then you play Stanford, who's probably – uh, in, in my view, the worst team in the conference going into 2023. They just have a, a long rebuild road ahead of them for for the Cal graduate uh, at Troy Taylor in there. Now, eh, looking at, at the bus schedule here, I, I think games that you could realistically, without it being a monumental upset, games that you could realistically see Colorado winning. Nebraska, Colorado State, 
mm-hmm. Arizona State, yep. Stanford, <sighs> maybe yeah. or I, I, I don't Stone know. Arizona is like, at four. I, I'd, I'd, I'd put Arizona and then maybe one of Oregon State and Washington State, but I think those are good teams. I think I think Oregon State's a better team. You yeah. get them at home. Washington State maybe not quite as good, but still going to I, I think be a solid team again this year. And you got to play them in Pullman. That's a tough tough environment to go into. So I think you've got five to six games that you describe as winnable, and that's why I, I'm with you that the three and a half number is appropriate for for Colorado because. If you're talking about five to six games where you can reasonably see them winning, you're probably not going to win all of them, right? Even if things are are going according to plan, you're not going to go six and zero against those. You're not going to beat one of Washington State and Oregon State, and then go five and zero in the other games that, right. that that took place. But the the other question I want to ask here, Kevin, is: Do you see any potential for a big upset on Colorado's schedule? Yeah, I think honestly. And to go back to it, and I feel like it's just kind of sticking with me. Week one, TCU. I think that's obviously going to be the biggest upset. Um, maybe the it USC, would be. the USC game might have like a, a greater line um, in terms of how it's much in you- bold. It's in it's in Boulder though, but USC is going to be much better than TCU. It's that line's going to be over twenty for sure. Yeah. So I mean, the thing with TCU too, and I think people are like overlooking this aspect of or element of surprise. Colorado could literally go out there and just like surprise the hell out of them um, to this is what TCU is going to have to go through to study film. They're going to have to watch Kent state's offense. They're going to have to watch Jackson state's offense. Then they're going to have to tune into Alabama's defense. And then they're just going to have to hope and kind of pray that they know which players, individual players are in which roles and kind of plug and play them in their minds. And so I think it's going to be hard to prepare for this Colorado team week one. Um, also, I, I don't have a lot of faith in Chandler Morris. I, I think he could prove me wrong, but the TCU quarterback, I'm not, I don't think he's that guy um, per se, um, as the kids say. Also, another game that's, I don't know if this is like the sexy upset, but at UCLA is a game that I look at as a potential upset. That was the one that I was eyeballing because UCLA, look, they get more fans than uh, people will give them credit for on, on social media at the Rose Bowl, but they're not packing the house. They're not the rowdiest in the conference and whatnot. They were beaten, by the way by a rebuilding Arizona team as a 19 and a half point favorite last year in the Rose bowl. They've yeah. been beaten by Fresno state in, in that stadium as well. Like they are not a, a team that you look at and like there are certain programs that you look at and say, okay, unless we're contending for a PAC 12 championship, we're not going to beat them on the road. We're probably not going to beat Washington on the road. We're not going to beat Utah on the road. We're not going to beat Oregon on the road. Not going to beat USC on, on the road probably not Oregon state either who have lost just once in the last couple of seasons at, at research stadium. So, or yeah, just one time. And that was to USC, a game that uh, they probably should have won. So I I'm, I'm with you that UCLA is probably the biggest upset game, but I mean, a lot of these games would technically be upsets, but that would be like Which, the big going yeah, go back ahead. to like the favorite, like their three and a half win total. I think also the odds makers are kind of going off of, they're going to be underdogs and probably, all but two games realistically the stanford game wouldn't shock me if they're favored and then colorado state so the three and a half win total going back to that also makes sense because they're going to be underdogs in 10 out of 12 games <laughs> yeah they get arizona at home too i think that's a game that if you're going to go over three and a half yeah i think you probably have to have that one and and the stanford game certainly as well mm-hmm. but i i think you got to be able to win those games at home and look we 
we, we saw what, uh, what what Coach Prime brought to Folsom Field for the spring game. Can only imagine what will happen once the season actually starts. So what, once the season actually starts, Kevin, what do you think has to happen for Colorado to go over three and a half and win, say, four or five games? And look, if they were to get to four or five wins, I think you'd probably beat Nebraska, Arizona State, and Stanford, and Arizona – along with Colorado State, and, and then, you know, maybe drop one in there if it ends up being four. That'd be my guess. But from a play, uh, you know, a, a style, a philosophy, whatever, execution standpoint, what has to happen for Colorado to go over three and a half? Yeah, I think Shadur Sanders really needs to kind of emerge as the quarterback that everyone in the, the locker room thinks he could be. Um, I think the obviously you're never going to shoot down your own player, but there's a lot of hype around Shadur. Um, his arm strength is probably – up there with some of the best quarterbacks in the country. Um, he tore up the FCS level. So if he could adjust quickly and not go through that growing pain stage that Cam Ward did last year, um, that'd be helpful. Um, I think the offense really, I'm confident in them outside the offensive line, which they have 13 scholarship offensive linemen now. Um, it's just a matter of finding the right five. So they got to build that connection. I think it's getting pressure on all these Pac-12 quarterbacks and all these quarterbacks on their schedule. Um, going through the schedule, Chandler Morris can run and he could throw. Jeff Sins at Nebraska could run and throw. Bo Nix, one of the best dual threat quarterbacks. Caleb Williams, same thing. Um, Oregon State, uh, DJ Uyungle is supposed to be pretty good for them. Uh, Jaden Delora. And so the defense needs to get pressure on the quarterbacks. They can't be giving up big plays. And then also their offense is so fast. And I hope for their sake that they're fast and efficient. Because if they're fast and inefficient, then when you're playing USC or whoever it may be, I guess in the span of five minutes, you could be down two or three touchdowns <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm i'm with you there so la last thing kevin what is the worst case scenario for colorado this year from a win total standpoint and what is the best case scenario this is a question that was sent in from somebody we're going to be doing this for every team at some point in time gotcha. here on the show when uh when, when we go through their schedules and whatnot but win total is three and a half what what do you think the floor is my my floor would be two yeah i think whew. I honestly, I'm probably right there with you. Um, I think if we're getting like horrible, like the sky is falling, worst case scenario, I think one is like. Nah, I, I I don't know but if I'd see that. That's like beating Colorado State then losing out. But I think two, I think they beat Stanford and Colorado State at a minimum, um, which even then that's an improvement. You know, they won one game last year. So be, be it is better. an improvement. Um, best case scenario, I got to go seven that's the only number i'm comfortable going as high wow with. that's big that's the, okay but that's like best case scenario that's like they right get, they win the five games that we've been talking about or six games whatever it was and then they upset somebody someone makes a crucial mistake or god forbid you know you never prey on someone to get injured but maybe right. someone has injuries later down the line um you know like utah for example i'm not saying that they're gonna have injuries but cam rising's been banged up a couple times in the past mm -hmm. couple of years and so maybe they just happen to catch a team on a bad day and so seven is like the highest number i'm comfortable saying um if i had a projector win total right now i'd probably go five or six that'd be like my 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 prediction i i would lean towards four and five i i don't think they could get over six given the schedule i'd feel okay saying seven if you didn't have nebraska and you instead put right. A conference usa team in there yeah in, instead of tough, the though. corn huskers it's like what we don't know if they're gonna be good like what if they're really good and all of a sudden they shock us or what if this like whole experiment fails and it's like 
yeah, they'll be lucky to win three games. So I, I want to see them play. I want to see them even at fall camp. I'd like to see them play together because I feel like they're going to be wearing hi, my name is whatever until week one because there's so many new faces. <laughs> like it's really hard to speculate on a team that we don't know about. And that's the hardest part because all of the other Pac-12 teams or probably every team in college football at least have some sort of um, building block that you could go off of, something you could go off of. Colorado, it's like this is a new team. They might as well have been yeah, dropped. You have, you have, you have like an idea country. of who you, you <laughs> yeah. have an idea with most other schools of like who who's on the depth chart, right? Yeah. Like who's going to be where I mean, Colorado, you know, Shadur Sanders is a quarterback and yeah, you got that, like that, 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 that's kind of it right now. Right. Yeah. You got, there's probably like four people that I could confidently say are going to start. And that's so I'm missing 18 starters. <laughs> yeah. Or you have to, you have to still determine 18 starters. So I think we'll let that play out before we go with the uh, record predictions here, yeah. but it, it's, it's definitely a tough thing to, to try to judge. I think Colorado more than, uh, than most schools, but it's an easy decision to always bring on my man, Kevin Borba locked on buffs Monday through Friday on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts, Kevin, thanks as always, man. Thank you for having me. Appreciate everyone listening. I will see you next time. And until then, hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.